we just pushed ourselves in the fire um, because we actually didn't have that much, you know, even uh, experience in the tourism industry because this project is more related to tourism than just, you know, real estate and um, accommodation. But, you know, what kept us is uh, the vision, like it uh, was pushing us forward and uh, we really believed in the opportunities that uh, such a project will present to Croatia. Welcome to Chat with Nomads, where we uncover travel insights, business advice, adventure stories, and lifestyle tips with world travelers and digital nomads. Here is your host, Rax, from nomadsunveiled.com. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Chat with Nomads. Um, this is another episode of the special series looking at the brains behind Croatia's push towards a digital nomad destination. And today we have with us the CEO of Work Remotely Croatia and the founder of Digital Nomad Valley, Zada, Mario. Hey, Mario, welcome to the show. Hey, Rex. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's nice to see you again. I mean, like we last met each other in October, right, in Zada? Um, it was this, I think December in Zadar, um, if I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah, yeah, it's December in Zadar, right, 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 right. I got my timeline wrong, true, true. Yeah. So yeah, it's not been that long actually. Yeah, yeah, it was okay. great to, to see you and um, chat with you, hang out with you for a while. Yeah, awesome, awesome. I Back then when I met you, I already told you I was very interested uh, to do an episode with you because I think uh, for the past few episodes that are up talking about Croatia, there's the same reoccurring theme whereby one of the reasons that Croatia's success uh, as a digital nomad destination or its rise to prominence these days is because the willingness for people to really do something without having like a clear idea of where it's going to go, right? It's just taking the risk. I think for you guys, you and your co-founder represents a lot of that for me when I saw it because you guys are pretty young and you come from more of the startup angle on doing this, right? So I would love to talk a lot more about that and obviously the Zada initiative. And before we get started, let's have you do an introduction of yourself for the audience, like who you are, you know, those kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, so I'm 26, uh, born and raised in Zagreb, the capital of uh, Croatia. Um, and I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, this is my, uh, let's say, second venture. Um, the first one is Grab a Home. Um, and that's the, the booking accommodation platform for a longer term period. Um, so for a couple of months, uh, up to a year. And um, that's how I started basically my, uh, my entrepreneurial career. That was three years ago. Um, and it was actually focused more on, on uh, international students. But since the pandemic happened, uh, we're also starting focusing on digital nomads and remote, remote workers. And it's definitely an emerging uh, you know, trend uh, movement. Um, and yeah, and for my personal view, I finished a uh, master's in economics in uh, Portugal, Lisbon. Um, did my bachelor's also in management economics in Zagreb. Um, and uh, yeah, I really like to travel the world. I traveled uh, since I know since I know myself uh, every year. We usually my parents first. Uh, we like to travel a lot, and then did a couple of exchange semesters in Madrid and Singapore. Um, really love the Southeast Asia region, and that's why that's where I first met uh, you know first digital nomads. Uh, that was like six years ago in Chiang Mai. Um, so yeah, then I did uh, my masters in Lisbon and uh, definitely tried some you know digital nomading for myself. Um, even though for the well, let's say past year year and a half, um, I wasn't really able to travel that much um, due to Corona, but also due to the projects uh, you know I've been working on. Um, but it's definitely in my heart, you know, this this lifestyle. And in the future, um, I'm definitely going to be a digital nomad uh, again sometime in the future. Yeah. 
<laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like it that you were saying you started traveling um, even back when you were studying. I think that gave a lot of uh, the wonder last, which is kind of the same case for me when during university, I started traveling around. And of course, that kind of stuck on <laughs> as, as we progress, right? So, so what I wanted to talk about, especially when you mentioned about um, your first endeavor being Grab a Home, that's definitely something that I want to look into as well. But I've heard a bit of your story, obviously, because we spoke uh, while at the villa and stuff. One of the main things about doing the so-called the first digital nomad valley in Croatia, right, was that it was obviously not like an easy journey because when you guys started back then, Croatia was also just starting its push as a nomad destination, right? And I know you guys tried to approach the government first because that seems to make the most sense. If you can get the government support to do a bit of stuff, then obviously entry is easy. But that was not the case, as in it was always difficult to work with government, right? So I, I like to hear more about this part whereby how you guys approach the government first. And then although that did not turn into success, why do you guys choose to after that approach your accommodation instead and set everything up yourself? Mm. Yeah, well, the, the initial idea, um, actually, I mean, the, the inspiration self came from um, the, you know, the, the case study of Digital Nomad uh, Madeira, the Digital Nomad Village in Madeira um which you know was definitely something that was i think on many people's minds and uh, i know that people even in croatia started talking you know about um like it would be great to have something like this here and you know and people usually just talk you know and um the first like idea that we could actually do it was uh we had a we just had a coffee and um and split with uh jan de jong um he's the the person who uh for those who don't know who basically initiated the introduction of the so-called digital visa in Croatia. Um, he's a Dutch entrepreneur. Um, so, and he just gave us also an idea, like, guys, why don't you just do it? Like you have uh, an experience in accommodation. That's like one of the, the biggest pain points for digital nomads and for these type of projects. And um, I can definitely help you out as well, you know, with promotion and connect with you with people that, you know, you need to be connected with. Um, so that they gave, definitely gave us like, a boost, boost um, to, to try to do it. And um, yeah, we tried to first talk with um, the city of Zadar um, and the tourist board, and we definitely got their interest. And uh, we started talking about this and opportunities. And uh, so the first bigger focus was doing something similar to, to, to what Madeira had. So basically the project on a level of, of a city, you know. Um, and um, I mean, although they were very interested, you know, it was a new thing and we're, you know, we're young, uh, let's say unexperienced, maybe we seem to them. And uh, so it just took a lot of, uh, you know, time and um, convincing to do something like that. And then we, re we realized that, you know, we'll just take too much time and uh, like, why don't we just do it, you know, on our own? And then we started looking at, uh, you know, we came up to the idea that, you know, there are a lot of uh, hotels, uh, resorts uh, in, in Croatia that are basically abandoned <laughs> in the off season. So you know the basically the Croatian tourism, especially in the coast, it's associated with you know just summer months. So you know you can say from like June to August, you know, September is still good. And then uh, you know we just say it's, it's dead. I mean, of course there's some tourists, but um, it's really a small percentage of what it is during summer. So we knew that you know there's a lot of great places, uh, like great hotels with great facilities. They're just simply empty during the off season, and um, really really like this other, like we like the destination, this other the location size of the city uh, access to the sea uh, access to the airport highways and everything which it just seemed to us like a, a great great city to start with um and yeah we approached the let's say the most famous here hotel resort called falkensteiner it's an um, austrian chain hotel chain uh, so they're very well known in this um, region 
Um, and yeah, they had like mobile homes, um, like a campsite with mobile homes, you know, pretty mobile homes, which seemed like a perfect destination, like that each, you know, Nova gets, um, Nova gets in a mobile home. And then uh, they also have you know, like a few conference rooms. We can basically turn into co-working and they have just great facilities that have wellness and everything. Um, so yeah, we approached them. They liked the idea. We had to, of course, negotiate some things and um, agree on the same stuff. You know, it was uh, definitely a, we, we still like to call it a pilot project, something new. Um, so it took a lot of, we also took flexibility from both sides uh, and um, basically determining what's the, the best way to, you know, to, to do this project. And initially, then in, in the end, they said, uh, yes, uh, like, let's go for it. And uh, yeah, that's how it started. Um, so yeah, that's how it started. And uh, the idea was to, well, this pilot project to basically show that it can work. Uh, in Croatia, even in the off season, when a lot of uh, people and you know, locals, even people that are in the hospitality industry, say that you know there is no um, you know money to be made here. And although, of course, you know summer months are um, you know months where you are definitely able to earn the most, and you know with daily rental as well in the accommodation business. But there's still you know you can still do something in the off season. And for me, it's just great to to be able to show that we managed to do something new and we managed to do something new in the off season. Right. Uh, and for the viewers that are watching on YouTube, right, I just want to point out that Mario's background now, he's actually in one of those mobile homes that he was talking about. So you can see that it actually looks pretty decent. I've seen it myself and it does look cozy, especially and for the amount of facilities that's within that, that motor home, I would say that it's actually pretty great. Right. And then there's a lot of sun sunlight. So so I'm just curious, did you, uh, would you only approach Falkensteiner or do you also approach other hotels, hotel chains and stuff? Well, um, I guess we were quite lucky because they were the first ones to that we you know, approached to. Uh, we just like the, their facilities and um, we were able to you know, make a deal with them. So um, we just, yeah, basically we just targeted them. They accepted our terms, like we managed to uh, do a project with them. Um, so we didn't go with other hotels, we didn't try. Um, but in the future, definitely, like for future projects, we would uh, you know, see what are other also opportunities and potential around you know, whole of Croatia, basically. Right, and and I know that's quite lucky, and I know you were back then. We were also saying you were trying to look out for other properties that have the same issue, right? And similarly, in the past episodes, we have been talking about this idea that um, digital nomads could be a potential market group towards uh, the local industries that's like tourism, hospitality, and stuff, right? And you yourself come from actually one of the less probably obvious um, category, right? Like you do see the you guys started with Grab a Home, which is targeting at international students. And then we've worked remotely Croatia. I believe when you guys started it, it was because you saw the potential in um, the digital nomad spending power, so-called, right, to spend in Croatia. And similarly, I mean, accommodation is always needed wherever you go, right? And so this is where you guys also see another emerging market, is it? Yeah, exactly. Like we, we like cutting this project, like, uh, like I said, we just pushed ourselves in the fire um, because we actually didn't have that much you know, even uh, experience in the tourism industry because this project is more related to tourism than just, you know, real estate and um, accommodation. Um, but what, what, you know, what's kept us is uh, the vision. Like it's uh, what's pushing, what's pushing us forward. And uh, we really believed in the opportunities that uh, such a project will, you know, will present to uh, in Croatia. Um, and uh, we just, yeah, I want to do something new because we knew that uh, the industry is rising, you know, digital nomads, movement and remote workers um, in general. And we saw a big opportunity in Croatia for this. So we, yeah, we just said, let's do something that you know, makes sense to us and uh, just try to prove to others that it can work. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been, you know, it's great. And we had in, uh, 
um, in, in the Valley, we had uh, people who are, you know, pure digital nomads. Uh, they basically are completely location dependent. They just travel where they want to for how long, how long they want to, you know. Um, and then after this project, they are gonna either stay a bit longer in Zadar or go to Split or somewhere else to Slovenia, uh, or travel somewhere else where they want to. Uh, and we had also more like more typical remote workers um, where people are basically able to work remotely um in their company and uh, they just decided to maybe go for three four weeks yeah go here like you know, they, they you know they heard it's a nice community here uh the facilities look great so just came here and stayed for a couple months uh, a couple weeks and uh, they just came back you know to their um basically base uh, where they usually work is the offices um so yeah we had a quite a mixture of people which was great to able to you know as it is a pilot project to examine all of these um you know um let's say you know niches and target markets for the future and um yeah see what people's preferences are as digital nomads and as remote workers um and i just you know i just think that you know this represents a lot of potential then for the future um and um, the findings we also got from this project are i think you know they're really great and uh, the plan is to also like make a case study of this project um and then to to publish it so um people get also more familiar especially in this industry with the, the potential of digital nomads and remote workers for um, creation tourism Right, right. I think I think the findings will be very interesting because I understand you guys are coming almost to the end of the first cycle. I definitely want to talk a bit about the findings with you guys in a bit. But um, one of the things that I noticed and I think has been mentioned in some of the media was that uh, Falkenstein as a, as a location, right, there's like some pros and cons to it. One of the reasons you guys chose that uh, previously, so Falkenstein has a hotel kind of structure, but you guys chose actually the motorhomes and campground, yep. which gives a very unique vibe. And that was one of the reasons why, why you guys decided to go for that, right? Um, and when we went there, I think most of us that were there, we saw that it was a very good space, especially for company retreats and stuff like that. The, the flip side of it is obviously saying that Falkenstein is not exactly in the city center, not that Zada is huge or anything, but so-called the action is near the old city and Falkenstein is definitely not within that area, right? It's like a about 15 minutes drive or 10 minutes drive or 15 minutes walk kind of thing. It's a pretty scenic walk. I've walked, walked that trail before. Um, but that brings the question of community because I think from what I observe, I, I guess that is one of your biggest takeaway from it because uh, in Zada, although... So I was in Zada as well to give a context for the audience, but I wasn't staying in... Um, Falkenstein, I was in another project that you were running with a villa that was similarly outside the town of Zada. But what I realized then was that if you have a community that's fun and engaging, the location doesn't matter as much because I don't have to go to the old town every day. It doesn't make sense. Like even spending time with a group of people that's interesting and fun within the accommodation makes a whole lot of sense. And I think as I've seen throughout the months, uh, you guys have been focusing a lot on the community aspect of this. Uh, initiative so we'll be interested to hear more about that yeah um yeah so the where um, the valley is located yeah in the Pakistan resort which is in Boric in, in Zadar um it's a really nice neighborhood um yeah like you said it's it's around half an hour walk uh, maybe a bit less to the old town uh, by car it's around 10 minutes or something um but uh, yeah as you said uh, people actually prefer much more the community aspect than the location this is also something that uh, you know, the, got approved uh, in this uh, project. Uh, and I was just talking yesterday with a couple of nomads here. Um, and, you know, they even said that, uh, like, I mean, of course, it's also like some people want to like, appreciate the city more, some people less. But in general, people really, people that usually come here are really connected to nature. And uh, they like say, you know, like, you know, as long as it has nature, it's much more important than to have the, you know, the, the facilities the city offer. But they say like, this location is like, a lot of them 
mostly so it's actually perfect because it's close to the city. Uh, but here they also have, uh, you know, um, just basic amenities. So they have like a bakery, uh, a pharmacy, a restaurant, a few restaurants and cafe bars because during summer, it's actually quite a, you know, touristy place um, due to the, the big uh, resort or the functional resort and the marina. So actually, you know, it's, it's also next to the beach. It's on the beach, basically. Um, so they just, it's perfect. You have everything like, in, you know, in a one kilometer radius, even less, you have everything you need. Um, so that was great. And uh, for future, um, I think we would even go more toward nature than toward the city, um, because that's just uh, what, you know, people here, like that, that's basically the conclusion. Um, and we would even like to um, even do maybe some like, you know, eco villages, maybe like summer, which is not even, in the city at all, uh, maybe a bit more continental in Croatia, uh, much more sustainable, you know, uh, as well, uh, facilities. And um, maybe it's something that can be all year round because uh, this project is uh, ending on 31st of March. And then, uh, you know, throughout the summer, spring and summer, it's closed um, exactly because of the reason that then it gets populated by tourists, you know, and then daily rental kicks in for the hotel. Um, and something more remote, you know, is, it's probably going to be able to do it all year round as well. Right, right. I, I think I do think that like what you say, every different kind of accommodation does attract different people, right? Even if we are not just talking about accommodation, but location, because um, within the nomad space, there's this holy trinity of three cities that uh, basically the nomad hubs uh, for the last few years. And I think each of them are relatively different from each other. Like for Bali, obviously you see like it's very close to nature. A lot of people go there for the nature aspect of it to be close. And then you have Medellin, which is in Colombia, and that is pretty much city, I would say, and that still draws its own crowd of like people who want nightlife or a cheap or cheaper, you know, lifestyle within the city. And then you have Chiang Mai, which you have been yourself. It's a bit of a mixture because it's not a huge metropolitan city, but a huge draw for people there is the concept of yoga and spiritual, you know, retreats. So I do think that there's definitely space and, and Zada itself does have a lot of potential because of the surrounding nature that I don't think is as well known as other spots like Split or Dubrovnik, but Zada itself actually have a lot to offer in itself so that's interesting to see that like if you guys can tap on it more i think i think that would be great um also like to, yeah. to add that um you know um most of um nomads came actually you know, from the eu and you know the remote workers as well so you know most of them are coming from a bigger city um here so that's also you know why i think that uh, for most people here not saying all but for most it's actually the nature aspect is much more important than the city because it's something they have you know at home and they uh, or, you know, at their base. Um, so definitely, yeah, nature is definitely more uh, crucial uh, than, than the city. Got it. And what, what are, what's the typical nomad profile or nomad traveler profile that you guys see there? Is it mainly solo travelers, couples? What kind of vibe oh, do you see? Got a, got a bit, bit difficult question um, uh, because um, like we had so many people, I'll just uh, like mention a few examples. Um, so yeah, we had like solo Travelers, we had couples, quite a lot of like, quite, a, quite a lot of couples. We even had a group. We have now a group of people as well, like um, six, seven of um, Czech, Czechish people uh, that came. Uh, we had people that came with uh, you know their dogs uh, that came with the uh, cats, um, and um, so it's basically you know um, we didn't have a family, but we had a few inquiries. But in the end, nobody came. But obviously, interesting to see a family also coming. Uh, but you know, I think in the future uh, for future projects, that's also going to be um, definitely happening. Um, so yeah, it's basically, um, I mean, that's the beauty of, you know, remote working and being the digital nomad, like anyone can do it. Um, it's very hard to, you know, do demographics of them, uh, based on anything besides how they work, <laughs> uh, which is remote. Work. 
Um, so yeah, that has been great. And uh, yeah, we had like people coming from, uh, you know, a lot of from EU because it's easy to travel to here and, you know, from the States and um, from South America, like Mexico as well. Um, and usually they're, um, you know, it's IT industries. Uh, they're uh, what they do, um, usually, you know, software engineers or web developers. Um, and then we had some like uh, teachers, you know, English teachers um, or some like, like freelance consultants. So also like freelancers um, and um, yeah, even like a business owner as well. Um, so yeah, it's um, it's a diverse diverse group. I would say they're most most the most similar in the the way they work, of course, and um, the the industry which is mostly like IT or like some freelancing, uh, because of course it's easiest to do to do it uh, remotely. But even like the you know the working hours are different. Like some people have to work you know from nine to five. They go to our co-working space and then they work you know, normally like you would um, at home or in the office. And then some people really have the the freedom to work. So they maybe um, just work in the evenings or something. Right, and, and in that case, what are some of the activities that you guys organize around like the community? Because like, you know, it's so diverse, right? That's one thing. And I, I do know that you guys do a lot of nature stuff, having yep. been to a couple myself, but in general, is it mainly or leisure nature? Do you guys also do a bit of like business mastermind kind of thing? You know, give us an idea on like, what are the, what are the active, I'll, I'll say what are the activities you guys have tried and you think really picked up and was popular? Yeah, we also did um, uh, like, uh, you know, well-being or like you said, like connected with nature and the more like uh, easier activities, like uh, something for, for your well-being. Um, so, you know, for example, hiking is, you know, was hugely popular and uh, Zada is very close to the mount, like Velvet Mountain. There's a lot of hills as well for hiking. So, I mean, that's one of the, the reasons why we named the valley because it's so close to the mountain next to the sea. So that's like the, the inspiration for the name came from. Um, and then, yeah, with the, no, we had a you know, yoga meditation um, classes uh, every week um, and then we did some like community stuff uh, for example like movie nights board game nights um, or like um, we say community kitchen so um, that's um, like one usually one normally cook something uh, like traditional their traditional um, home dishes um, which is also great and uh, uh, very fun um, and we also did uh, like um, volunteering event as well um, uh, we had once uh, uh, carrying a solar panel to the one of the the mountain huts um and we're for next week um we are planning to do a beach cleanup of so the borg beach uh which is also like sending a to send a message that you know nomads uh really care about sustainability then usually you know give more than take uh and you know, in terms of made nature so um i think it's just a great like metaphorical activity um yeah we didn't do we did like meetups with other people you know like other nomads and uh, uh locals in in the area in zadar uh, and did like a fuck up night event, like basically talking about your failures. So it's a bit more like networking. Um, so yeah, we, we had these kind of events, uh, but we didn't do like some masterminds and workshops. Um, to be honest, it was also not that much time for us to schedule something like this. Uh, but yeah, for future projects, we'd like to definitely do uh, you know some maybe workshop and um, like you said, some more like uh, business and networking events as well. Yeah, that's interesting. And I also do know that you guys also hang out with the expats uh, group in Zada quite a bit, right? Because when I was there, it seems like at least the people running the different groups know each other pretty well and do mm -hmm. stuff together. So, so that's really interesting. Um, let's go a bit into the challenges of it, right? Because, I mean, as we have spoken, everything sounds like rosy and stuff. Obviously, I know that you guys had a lot of problems along the way. One, one of which um, that was very early and evident like very early on, and this was, like I told you before, this was one of the reasons why I went to Croatia was that when you when you guys first clinched the deal with Falkenstein and posted about uh, digital nomad 
uh, Valley in Zada, right? And then you have photos and everything on the Facebook group for digital nomads. It looks really impressive when people saw the photos and obviously people are interested. And the first question they asked was like, what's the price, yeah. right? And, and of course, when you mentioned the price, you, you got flame a lot. When I saw it, I was like, shit, this, this guy is like getting like bombarded with all this thing because everyone is just saying that, oh, I can rent a cheaper apartment or something like in the center of Zada at a cheaper price. But of mm. course, my thought was always that uh, the market is the market, right? Like what's the demand and what's the supply? It will justify itself in the end. But of course, from your end, it was very obvious that Falkenstein is kind of a premium uh, pricing in the hot season, right? So even if they reduce their price drastically for the low season, it's still a premium accommodation compared to like, of course, renting an Airbnb apartment somewhere else, right? So so you guys obviously took a lot of heat on that, but it, it didn't deter you guys from saying like, oh shit, this doesn't seem to be taking up well. And of course, I know it took time for applications to come in. And, and this project was relatively last minute for you guys as well. Like a lot of things you guys had to rush it out, like the website and everything was pretty last minute, right? And through all these challenges, what was the thought process behind it? Like what made you guys decided to keep going on? Because I think that is one of the main things that really differentiate the whole initiative that despite challenges, and I think, I think the thing is that, that in any case or in any startup, there's never a smooth sailing journey, right? There's always like bumps on the road. So on that aspect, how do you guys handle that? And how do you differentiate like what's, what's like just something that's happening as like a negative thought versus a challenge that you guys really foresee based off feedback that you need to address? Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, a lot of things I can talk about um, for this question, but yeah, I can start with, with the price, which, uh, um, you know, it's um, of course some people, I mean, because it was also posted like in some Facebook groups uh, where everybody can comment and everything, uh, really open with everything, you know, and uh, answering to all questions that people may ask in, in the comments. And of course, there are you know, some people that saying um, it's very expensive. Like I can, you know, find accommodation for, uh, 300 euros in Zadar or whatever. Um, and no, I mean, those people are missing the point anyway, because this is not uh, you know accommodation offer, uh, firstly, um, because it's the whole, the experience, you know, the community aspect, you get the community manager who is organizing activities and, you know, doing a lot of things for you. You have the co-working space, you have, you know, and then you have like, of course, the, the facilities that hotel usually offers. So it, actually our price is what you would get normally get, um, or maybe even a bit more cheaper than like, uh, you know, longer term stay in this hotel because uh, the hotel is usually, you know, the mobile home, it's priced, you know, 50 to 70 euros per day. Um, so it's just that, you know, you get this hotel, then, um, you know, amenities and the, the services, you know, including the, this. So it's actually, we really didn't, uh, the price wasn't really, it's something what you would get normally if you would take a longer term stay in a hotel. But then we have like, we like made a one room to like the co-working space. Uh, just for them we, you know we have community manager and just like uh, we organize uh, some local partners to get some discounts and everything so it's definitely it's just um you're um it's just the whole experience you know you're getting and uh, of course you can always get cheaper accommodation in the city but that's not the point we're not uh, this wasn't like accommodation offer this is accommodation is one part of this this offer of course um so yeah i mean in the end uh, those people you know and you know digital nomads there are a lot of digital nomads and that's we can say how they started is, you know, they're doing like geo arbitrage. They're like moving to a, um, a places which are have lower costs of living and basically just uh, uh, taking advantage of all the, you know, um, all of that and the cost to lower it. So they have more money to spend. Um, and, you know, some additional nomad that really is, um, has this kind of mindset. Um, this is not for him, you know, this, this offer, it's, it's probably not for him. This is more for people who are um, looking to move somewhere to, uh, um, to somewhere where they get instant access to the community, 
um, and they really like they don't have to do anything before they come. You know, they don't have to prepare anything. They just come here and basically we take care of them completely. You know, and that's one of the one of the you know uh, main feedbacks we'll be getting from people is uh, you know even even when they go to to Madeira for example, um, which I still think you know it's it's I mean it's it's a great great project and idea. Uh, when you get there, you don't get that much support. Uh, like you don't know where to go. There's like Ponta do Sol, which is a small village, uh, but usually there's no accommodation there. So you go to maybe Funchal and then. Uh, no, but this couple here was telling me that they went to Funchal and then they realized, okay, this is not for us. So, and I was also going to Madeira in, in September and um, it was also like, um, I didn't know it was that was that much connected. So usually the car or a scooter and September is still like touristic season a bit. So uh, I couldn't find a car to rent. So it was just like, you know, you had to take care of so much stuff uh, on your own, which, you know, it, it's fine. But uh, here, you know, when people come, they're so like, it's so easy. Just come here, you get greeted by the community manager. They, she explains you everything, uh, meets you, you know, with the community. Here's a co-working space. You have everything in one place. So, you know, it's, it's that kind of offer. You get basically everything and the whole experience without doing, you know, much work. And you can just work. You know, it's also for people who want to do, like, a workation, you know. Um, just, like, come here for three weeks. They work a bit. And then, you know, they spend more time on these activities we organize. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't say, actually, that, you know, the price was uh, our issue. Um, and that, like, because of the price, we can, you know, we now we have um, almost 20 people as well in the valley. And um, with the, but one of the issues, like you said, I can like mention maybe some uh, uh, issues we've been having, let's say challenges, was that uh, it's a six month, you know, long program. So uh, we did, we also weren't sure, you know, how many people would come in December, how many in January. So for example, in December, as you know, there the, there was the, the lowest number of people in the Valley, um, mainly because of Christmas. So most people uh, for Christmas went home uh, or didn't want to come around Christmas time. And then after Christmas, we had like instantly like 15, people coming um which was surprising to us like that in january we were afraid maybe january will be you know a low number of participants but we actually had a great great um you know number of people uh, in january um and then yeah there's some problems with the hotel as well because it's also their first project doing something like this so there are some you know changes that then we had to also communicate with nomads and you know trying to see how we can uh, um you know to do these changes and basically negotiate to offer something else you know stuff like that um, so yeah, there are some you know, challenges, but in the end, um, um, I mean, it's almost done one more week to go, uh, <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's, it's like most of the things are super positive and great. And, um, it's really like the people are really giving great feedback, which is in the end, the, the most important thing. Right. That's, that's good to hear. And, um, I think you have touched a bit on this, but to narrow down, we always say that we start with a plan and then the plan goes out the window when you get, get into the ring and get sucker punch, right? Is there anything throughout the journey that you guys did? that turn out very drastically different from what you anticipate it to be, like either the objective of it or the, the character of the people that will come. Like you guys expected something and then now at the end of it, you realize that, hey, this whole thing was not kind of in the direction I expected, but it turned out like this way. Oh, it's hard to say. We definitely didn't have like some fixed expectations because we knew, you know, it's, um, it's a new type of project um, and uh, there is not like, you know, also benchmarking you could do um so we didn't have that much expectations we did expect to have a diverse group of people you know um that will have you know some people coming for maybe two weeks some people coming for two months uh, which happened um so yeah it was hard to have expectations um so but in the end i mean most more or less it was it did go as expected in terms of people that came and you know how people would come uh we were let's say surprised um by the media attention we we received which was more than we expected to be honest, uh, because we got a lot of like basically organic like PR coverage, uh, which was of course great for us. So um, we were really surprised by that. And um, I, I'm, I mean, I'm really 
am surprised that uh, the feedback people are um are you know feedback they're giving was honestly even even better than we expected i mean i'm gonna say like i want to now uh say you know only two things about the project but i mean that's really important for us to hear that they, they really had great i mean not of course most people there's some uh especially in the beginning there's some challenges but in the end like basically everyone you know had great great um feedback and we we're so surprised by how many people wanted to extend uh as well um so we had yeah, a couple people extending and a lot of people asking like if they maybe could come on in March or April again. And a lot of them said that they're definitely going to come next year again, if you know, if it happens again. Um, so, I mean, that's definitely also a positive feedback. Um, and um, yeah, like in terms of like negative, like something negative that happened, uh, then we more negative than we expected. Um, not really, maybe, um, maybe like I said, uh, some uh, issues with the, the hotel and some quick change, uh, sudden changes which we uh, didn't expect. Uh, for example, you know, they had some construction works uh, to prepare for the season, which we you know completely disregarded. So like there were a couple of days that are a bit more you know, noise in the campsite and stuff like that. So we had to really work around that and make sure that people are, you know, still um, satisfied that it doesn't you know, affect their experience here. Uh, but other than that, I mean, it's, it's been going uh, um, really great, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I um, The media point was a really good point because I think, so for the listeners, the previous episode of this series is actually with Paul, which uh, Mario, you also know from Total Croatia News, and we were talking about the the role of media in the whole push, in this whole push for Croatia, right? And I definitely see like, I see that as one of the key performance factors. And it's also because it's not just the media doing a coverage, but I see it as almost like it's a rising wave that is rising all the boats. Right. And when there's more initiatives that people are running, there is also more stuff for the media to cover, you know. And then, then it becomes a cycle whereby, oh, now people are doing stuff and then the media covers it. And then more people are doing more stuff and then the media covers it. And then it rolls into like a snowball that just goes downhill. Right. So that, that's pretty amazing. And, uh, and yeah, I can um, yeah. definitely like uh, it definitely helped a lot to get all this um, media coverage, you not know, just for people like reading um, the news, but it really helped uh, us to like rank on Google really high. So we actually, especially in the, the ending of the project, like uh, people that came in March, um, um, a lot of them actually, um, they heard about us by Googling like Digital Nomads, Croatia, you know, Digital Nomads, even like Digital Nomad Village in Europe or stuff like that, which was really surprising to us as well. Uh, and definitely something that uh, helped us a lot. Um, that and um, the word of mouth, like people just recommending was like the two biggest things that, uh, you know, attract uh, the, let's say the, the last bunch of people uh, in, uh, in this season. That's interesting because on that point, like at the start, what were your what were your strategies in terms of marketing? Because I hearing from you, I don't think your anticipation was that I'll go to the press and try and get a shit ton of coverage. It wasn't right, but you guys must have had some other form of marketing strategy in mind, right? Did was it so? Did, was that very different? Yeah, I mean the, the initial idea was um, to just use the social media uh, presence. Um, so back um, back at the time, I was the, the admin of the Digital Nomads Croatia Facebook group. And uh, so our initial idea was just to post on a lot of Facebook groups, like for Digital Nomads, not just Croatia and uh, Europe and like um, the, the most known, um, which, you know, helped us really get a lot of um, applications. And then like on LinkedIn, uh, which helped us a lot to to get, uh, you know, to, that's how people usually heard about the project on like the journals as well through LinkedIn. And of course, um, we count on support from um, Jan de Jong, who really helped us uh, because he has very strong, you know, LinkedIn uh, presence, uh, like a follower base. So it's definitely something that we were um, focusing on and uh, expecting the most uh, interest to come from. Um, 
and yeah, we were just doing after that just organically trying to grow the base. We didn't spend any money on marketing or anything. Uh, we we're just trying to get uh, you know that peer coverage because it, you know the, it would sound like interesting to journalists to write about it. Um, and then like launch the Instagram profile, like then push some content when people already came like to push content on Instagram, um, which is then also a great asset because people could go to Instagram and see like, oh, like there's, you know, there are things, things that people do now, like uh, that they can really see uh, what's happening. Um, so yeah, we really content on the, that uh, Instagram, just, I mean, just in general, social media. Um, and then we also, uh, the word of mouth was important to us. So we, uh, once we had like first, uh, you know, I could say batch of people, maybe like in October, you know, like through November, we really like also asked them like if they could you know, recommend to us if they really liked it. And uh, for example, we had a Czech couple coming um, in January and they, they loved it so much that they decided to to come back um, in, in March. Uh, that's the group I was telling you about. So they like brought like a couple more friends and then they joined together. Um, so, you know, we, we really just counted on just getting organic reach and not spend any money marketing because uh, we are, I mean, I'm, I'm sure like we would be able to get, you know, even more people in the Valley uh, if we did some, you know, marketing, spend some money in marketing, but we didn't, uh, we, you know, it, it's still like a kind of testing ground, it's like a pilot project. We also didn't want to see ourselves getting, you know, like 30, 40 people in the Valley at once. And that, that would be maybe something too hard also for a community manager to handle. Um, so we like this approach first and just getting organically and see what people, you know, how people react and uh, you know, if they could recommend us to their friends and, you know, it really, uh, yeah, that was really the, the plan. Right, right. And in terms of findings, I would really love to know what did you guys, or even if you think, think in this perspective of like, if someone wants to start an initiative like this in their own country or they find a new space. And to be honest, I actually hear a lot of, uh, in the nomad groups, I actually hear a lot of people trying to acquire a plot of land or in construction of building like a co-working, co-living space kind of thing, right? So you have run a similar initiative as the first pilot, right? What are some of the things that you guys think worked really well? And what are some of the things that you guys did and you realize that, okay, this doesn't actually work and you wouldn't do it again the next time around? Mm. Yeah, well, we we realized that, yeah, like the um, the community manager aspect is, uh, you know, works really well. And uh, uh, we now have a Geely on spot. Um, we also actually uh, changed the community manager uh, in the middle of the, the, the project. Um, and yeah, we, like, we realized that, you know, like some... Uh, very, you know, communicative person, like uh, a really engaging person would be best to be community manager. Um, and that, you know, worked really well. And everybody says, you know, when they leave feedback, you know, they really they always mention, uh, they mention Jill, you know, the community manager and uh, like, she's really doing, uh, she's definitely, you know, it's, it's a big value of uh, for the whole project. Um, so they definitely worked well. And, you know, the activities we organized, uh, um, you know, like hiking and, you know, just like being in nature is what most people want. And like, they're really, they're always happy after doing it. Um, so we realized that, yeah, like the definitely like some uh, location close to the mountains or has some hiking opportunities um, is definitely uh, a great, great location um, because even um, like the nomad base, you know, the website, they say that you know, number one activity for nomads is uh, hiking, um, which definitely proved true, like to be true here as well. Um, uh, so that also worked well in terms of the location. Um, well, what didn't work well, I mean, uh, it's hard to say now, uh, but um, I want to I focus like, on some small things. It's also hard to like now um, come by, but I could say that something that could be even more beneficial is to have a separate room for you know, video calls uh, or just calls in general, because we have a co-working space now that um, is uh, just one larger room and we weren't able to make like a smaller, you know, like a conference room or like a room for calls. So people sometimes uh, they just stay in their mobile home, which 
you know, it's great for working as well. Like that's uh, where I'm now. Uh, but sometimes they would just maybe stay here and uh, do their calls uh, because maybe it was more convenient. Um, although now people are, I mean, even in January because Zadar is a great place in terms of weather. Like you have you have a lot of sunny days, uh, you know, in, in the winter. So a lot of people just went outside and just uh, did their video calls outside of the co-working office right next to the beach. Um, and that's special if you want to get here, you know, um, co-workers uh, and clients are jealous, just like hearing the sun waves uh, in the background and then, you know, like sunny day. Um, but yeah, that's the work well as well. Just uh, having like, a, um, they actually did it themselves. They just put like a table outside and like um, just brought a chair and that's how they did their video calls a lot of times. Um, so yeah, maybe some like the anecdotes from it. That's nice. I mean, like, I'll, I'll say some of the motor homes, there's this uh, platform, right? Also called like a, I don't know how you call it, like a patio. I thought that that was pretty good, especially the campsite itself is kind of quiet because it's actually quite big, right? And when it's an off-season, like you're saying, it's pretty, pretty much dead, like there's no uh, tourists going around. So that's actually also a very nice place um, to kind of do a video call outdoors, I think. Right. But some people and, just in the terrace of like the patio uh, because they love it so much. Uh, <laughs> so they just stay there and just wait for the day. Cool, cool. And so so now that the project is coming to a close, right? What's the what's the next step? What's the plan? How do you how do you kind of because this was an issue that obviously you guys known right from the start, right? And and I think just to reiterate for the audience benefit, because this happens throughout the whole Croatian coast, whereby during summer prices are expensive because everyone wants to go to go to enjoy the Croatian coast, right? So there's a whole heap of tourists and stuff. And the peak season during the summer is where the locals kind of so-called burn out because they have to serve like 24-7, so much business, right? And then the problem is that when it comes to the winter season or the low season, the place kind of dies out. And, and that was the premise of working with the hotel, right? To be able to cover, to be able to give them some form of revenue at a lower price um, during, the winter, during the low season. And there was always this talk that, okay, so now, now it is a high season, now what? How do you continue bringing this community spirit that you have built up like during this period out of a physical location mm. yeah uh well what's interesting um for for this project and for the other actually a lot of people are um even after the the project ends they're gonna they're planning to stay in other for um still some time uh which is great to hear you know they really like the, the city and um, they want to stay here um but in general yeah like you said you know uh, summer season is approaching um you know usually like in april already you know um like um, the hospitality industry starts rising on the coast um and it's it's very really hard to basically compete you know with tourists in the in the summer in terms of like you know revenue um so and we're not even you know i'm not trying to to convince anybody like yeah like why don't you switch from tourists to you know just normal tourists to digital nomads remote workers um that's not the idea um it's basically if uh if there is some opportunities on the coast to do something in the summer, that's great. I'm sure there are, uh, maybe not in bigger cities. Um, no, that'll be great. Um, or, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, places, you know, in continental Croatia, which are beautiful, filled with, you know, nature, you know, lakes, rivers, and, you know, it's just, it's just amazing as well. And, you know, it's it getting it's so much like um, undervalued, you know, in terms of um, uh, like when compared to the coast. So I'd love to do something more continental as well. Um, but in terms of like, what to do after in this project and like the plan for the future. Um, well, now the plan is to basically, we have a lot of data now and we're planning to collect even more, like to ask uh, nomads, like uh, through a survey, like a lot of questions to see, you know, like what will, you know, the, the most important things um, uh, for them here and, you know, what we could change and basically to see, you know, what they actually, what are the needs uh, of uh, each of them um, to create also like some, you know, target group and to see um, how to, you know, um, continue this project in the future um and um yeah also the plan is then to 
uh, like I said, like I create a case study of it, basically to uh, write like an article as well about it. And um, so just to, to be made or like available to public. Um, and then, you know, easy steps. Uh, we pushed ourselves into fire this time and really tried to do this, um, you know, uh, last season already. You know, don't, don't wait for, you know, until the, the you know, the, the city, approves uh, the, the project or whatever. Um, and now we, we you know we want to take it a bit, you know, uh, take a step back, uh, explore what, you know, Nomad said, create a business plan um, and basically see the, the opportunities for the future uh, because, you know, we can continue now in many ways. Now we can do something similar with uh, the same maybe hotel or, or another one in a different location or do more of them. Uh, we can maybe see if uh, a city or a tourist board is working, willing to work with us as well to create uh, a project, uh, you know, on a, on a, the, the city level, um, you know, or work with some companies and organize locations for them or like, you know, do like a B2B approach project. So there is a lot of opportunities now that um, arises from this project. And I really can say now like what the plan is because now we're just focusing on finishing this project, you know, get as much as information, you know, the data as possible and uh, then see, you know, for the future, what, what arises, I'm sure um, there's gonna be more like opportunities and projects in the future, uh, which we can work on, and um, then we'll decide. Sounds good. So that means you guys are actually also open to opportunities outside of Zadar, that means like some other locations that you think fits the bill. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I mean Croatia, or even if you know, even in the region, you know, I think you know, I really, I love this region. I think it's great for you know remote workers, you know, like Slovenia, Bosnia, Serbia. So you know, there's opportunity like Montenegro. Uh, there's opportunity to work in another country. Why not? Yeah, for sure, for sure. I definitely do think that the Balkans is a bit underrated uh, in terms of, because it's not as popular a travel destination compared to Western Europe, which is why it's never like the first choice where people choose when they want to go travel, right? But then the yeah. Balkans itself has a lot of stuff that then becomes un, un, like rarely discovered, plus where it's cheaper. That's, that's also one of the, the biggest advantage in the, in the Balkans. So so for, for partners who are interested to reach out to you guys or for nomads who are interested to follow and see what's up with you guys next season after this project, how do they find or follow you or contact you guys? Um, yeah, sure. We'll still have the you know, Work Remote Croatia website. So it's workremotecroatia.com. Um, uh, it's going to be open and it's going to be adjusted you know, after the project ends. Now the main focus is on the, the project and uh, they can you know, just uh, follow the, the news there. There is a, a you know, uh, newsletter as well. We, we send... Uh, you know, once or per month or two months uh, as well. So we're not really, uh, we're not spamming people. Uh, yeah, they can just, there's also contact information there. So um, yeah, just work remotely Croatia. It's still a brand we're gonna, you know, continue working under and uh, for future projects as well. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I think that that's a, that's a great domain name that you guys managed to get. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> also help out with the SEO for Google as well. Um, so, you know, that alongside with, you know, Digital Nomad Valley Village, it's, uh, I think we're getting a lot of keywords <laughs> uh, the, the good keywords with it, yeah. Okay, okay, cool, cool, awesome. I'll, I'll definitely be catching up with you. Or I'll be looking forward to see what you guys are doing next because obviously Croatia is upcoming with a lot of events this year as well. So thanks, Mario, for coming on today to share about like the whole initiative. I think that was very insightful as well. Yeah, thank you, Rex, for um, having me. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Always uh, prepared with good questions. Um, yeah, I'm also following you. In your journey as well and uh, i'm pretty sure um, we'll meet each other somewhere along the journey again <laughs> for sure for sure thank you for listening to chat with nomads please remember to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts and be sure to share with your friends also we'd love to know what topics you'd like to hear more about to stay updated on the latest join us on our mailing list at 
chatwithnomads.com. You can also find more travel and nomading tips at Nomads Unveiled. That's N-O-M-A-D-S-U-N-V-E-I-L-E-D.com. Start living your dreams today. We'll catch you in the next episode.